This is Santi Lumarella. And you're listening to yet another wrestling podcast. The name in which I cannot quite remember this moment. But it's another wrestling podcast. It's time for uh, another wrestling podcast. The measuring stick just changed around here, buddy. You're looking at it. The best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. They think they got the answers. I change the question. The cream of the crop. Nobody does it better. These are the best in the world, brother. These are the best in what they do. When we talk about the legends of the sport, there's only two in my book. Another wrestling podcast another wrestling podcast now can you dig that sucker (laughs) all right all right all right welcome to another wrestling podcast i'm steve credo this is episode 122 and I'm Jonathan Benjamin. And Jonathan, are we exhausted from a weekend of wrestling, man? Man, I'm exhausted. But before we get too exhausted, who is joining us this week? This is a uh, an amazing show, a packed show. We have none other than uh, the wrestler formerly known as Hornswoggle. Um, and our very own now from Poughkeepsie, New York. They're going to be joining us talking about Northeast Wrestling this weekend, and um, you guys should definitely stay tuned for this one. It's going to be another amazing show. That's right. Uh, The rebirth of the now at Northeast Wrestling, if you will. Uh, Horn Swoggle, we all know him, we all love him. Uh, We're going to see what he's going to be up to this weekend, and maybe a little bit about uh, his personal life we'll talk to him about. And if you listened last week, we announced that we were giving away a pair of tickets to Northeast Wrestling, Wrestling Under the Stars 5 at Dutchess Stadium. Uh, all you had to do was uh, tweet us, Facebook us, Instagram us, Facebook us, hashtag I'm going to Wrestling Under the Stars, uh, hashtag AWPNEW. And I want to congratulate Bertram James, who won a pair of tickets, and uh, he will be there this Saturday night. So uh, congratulations. Pick up your tickets at the Will Call booth and uh, enjoy the show. Hey, Jay James from Dover Plains here. Wanted to thank the guys at Another Wrestling Podcast. Steve Credo, Jonathan Benjamin. Thank you, thank you, thank you very much. One tickets to a wrestling under the stars this Saturday night. Right there at the Dutchess Stadium. Another wrestling podcast has it all, y'all. They have the wrestlers you want to hear from. They ask the questions you want to hear. And sometimes they ask the questions you don't want to know the answers to. But you get them anyway. Hey, thanks, guys. I appreciate the tickets. Me and the boy are going to be in there. Marks for life. You know, I said it, Jonathan. Uh, we're exhausted. We, we've seen a lot of wrestling this weekend. Uh, we're going to see a lot more wrestling coming up this weekend, but but let's get right into it, man. It, uh, it's been a busy week. So uh, I guess could we just dive right into it, dive right into NXT TakeOver? I guess that was the first uh, big event uh, for us this weekend. Uh, what are your thoughts? Did, did it beat SummerSlam in your opinion, or how was it? I don't know. I think they were both on different levels, to be honest. Uh, there was a lot going on this weekend, and it's very easy for people uh, fans in general to like take things and just not exactly know how to to 
deal with them. So NXT was different than SummerSlam. I don't think that one was typically better than the other, but I really enjoyed TakeOver. Um, there were some awesome debuts. There were some awesome moments. Um, there were some glorious moments, if you will. And uh, I was just happy to see Bobby Roode. He's one of those guys that I've always told people if I ever created my own professional wrestling uh, company or whatever, that Bobby Roode would definitely be one of those guys that I would have as a flagship. And so to see him debut the way he did and that people really liked him and, you know, he just had a good match. So um, I was happy to see Bobby Roode finally make it into NXT. Yeah, definitely. You know, it, it was definitely a different year for NXT TakeOver, uh, too. This year, you know, they gutted a lot of people from last year. Uh, the The landscape has changed quite a bit. I don't think it – I felt like it had less of an impact than it kind of did last year. I mean, last year was like the first big – uh, show for NXT inside a building that big for them. So it was the biggest audience they ever had last year for an NXT show. This year, you know, nothing that doesn't change. It's the same building, same place. Still a great show. Um, I don't know. I, I, I guess there's still a lot of things. People had to find connections in there. You know, the Bobby Roode match is great. Uh, Hideo, he came out for a surprise. Uh, a GTS, uh, Jonathan, the crowd was chanting it, the go to sleep. We got to see Hideo use the GTS in Brooklyn. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, uh, I think, you know, he's made his return. Uh, I, I guess it's time for his full-blown push, if you will. I think, uh, you know, the, the world needs to see what Hideo can do now down in NXT. Well, I like this matchup if they end up doing Hideo versus Austin Aries. Um, I think that that would be awesome. I also hope that the fans are kind to Hideo. You know, he's been out for a while. There's a lot of new names. There's a lot going on in wrestling. And, um, you know, if you're not right there in front of him every week or every month or whatever, then people start to, to have questions about you and what you can and can't do. And I think Hideo is a good, uh, a great talent, and I'm excited to see what happens um, but I just, you know, that GTS was like a collective moment. I think everybody wanted to see it and it finally happened and everybody went nuts. Uh, the only way that it could have been any better, I think, is if he would have just mouthed into the camera something along the lines of, uh, F U C M punk. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was good. Um, I'm glad that he's back. It's another like solid person that's on the NXT roster that I think a lot of people can learn from. And there could be a lot of great matchups, um, you know, Hideo versus Joe, Hideo versus Nakamura, Hideo versus Bobby Roode. I mean, the list goes on and on. You've got a proverbial dream match set up with every match that he has. So um, I'm happy that he's back. And, um, you know, he's still sporting a pretty nasty scar from that, that shoulder surgery. Definitely. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with him. Uh, definitely, like I said, the landscape has changed. He's back in it. Uh, and, you know, speaking of landscape changing, we have the debut of Ember Moon. Uh, what were your thoughts about her? Because, uh, you know, maybe not too many people knew about her beforehand. So she was kind of like, uh, who's this? Um, but when you when you got to see her, you know, she definitely brought a lot and I think will bring a lot to women's wrestling down in NXT. Uh, I thought it was a great debut. Yeah, I'm, I'm impressed um, by her. I didn't know a lot about her before she got there. Um, it's, once again, very easy to judge a book by its cover, but uh, I can guarantee you that no one was expecting that stunner at the end of it. And um, it was it was an awesome finish, and I also want to applaud Billy Kay for being in that match. She's a, also a relatively um, newcomer to NXT, a relative unknown, and with the focus being on women's wrestling the way it is these days, I think that the two of them went out and had a really good match. And 
Um, I like Ember Moon. I, I'm looking forward to seeing what else she has. Definitely, uh, you know, it, it, like I said, I think right now they're kind of in a in a transitional period because they lost a lot of names during that draft. Uh, so a lot of names got pushed up. More people came in. Uh, other guys came over. So you know, I think NXT right now. Uh, I don't think it's lost its luster, or you know, I think right now it's the rebuilding phase, and right now a lot of places still need to fall into place. Uh, and I think one of those big places happened on uh, Saturday night with Nakamura winning the NXT uh, championship. And, uh, you know, Joe's been down there, man, for probably over a year now, almost two years, I think, down in NXT. So uh, I'll be surprised if he even sticks around too much longer down there himself because I, I honestly, I don't know, I don't think they really need Joe down there anymore. I think giving it to Nakamura is a great breath of fresh air. Uh, definitely seeing somebody a little bit different hold that championship. Kind of curious to see what he'll do with the NXT championship and who uh, we can boost with that. So, uh, I don't know. I think Joe's on his way out, Jonathan. Do you think uh, after that match we're going to see a lot more of him down there or no? I don't know. I think that he's... I mean, he could be there. And he could be, like, one of the cornerstones of NXT. Um you know, I just don't know what's going to... I guess that's the, the biggest struggle that I always have about this is, you know, I don't know what's going to happen whenever they come up to the main roster. Samoa Joe coming to NXT was a huge thing in its own, you know, in its own right. Mm. And I think that people sometimes take these things for granted. You know, if you look at two years ago, Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, Austin Aries, Bobby Roode, you name it, these people were in other companies... And no one ever thought that they were going to be in the WWE. And now they're in the WWE, and people either, like I said, they're happy with them for 15 minutes, and then they're like, oh, this is boring already. Um, I've been watching a lot of old wrestling uh, lately and, and, and kind of just thinking uh, to myself that you know we should give this more time. We are such a, a culture of instant gratification, and we want what we want when we want it, and when we don't get it, we um, we go online and complain about it. But ultimately, um, I would love to have Joe down there longer, just because I think that um, the crop of people that are down in NXT right now can both benefit from him being there, and also um, there can be some amazing matchups that come out of it. I'm looking forward to seeing Joe Nakamura, you know, for the next couple NXT pay-per-views. To be honest. All right, and uh, you know nothing too uh, too surprising with uh, Oscar beating Bailey. Uh, you know that could transition into you know her debut on Raw this weekend. But I mean, you know that was kind of like they've it, it's been pretty much textbook down there as far as uh, you win the championship, you're on top of the world, you lose the championship, then you know you put the new champion over for a few shows, and then you move on. And it's kind of been like that with every champion that they've had down there to where they get that one last match, putting that champion back over uh, to where Asuka, I think, you know, she, I, I think it's a language barrier too, to where she really can't communicate as much as, you know, all the other girls down there. Uh, but you know, she communicates well in the ring with her style and what she can do. But, uh, you know, I think put losing, uh, Bailey losing to her, you know, gives Asuka a little bit more credibility with that women's championship that, uh, I think she needs, um, but I, I don't know. I think Asuka's still missing that something. I don't know what it is. I think it's just that communication barrier. She needs to talk more. She needs to do something. I don't know. But uh, she's not. I'm not. I'm not saying she's a bad champion. I just think, you know, you have this champion who doesn't talk as much, and you know, people lose interest to where. Well, I have no idea what she's trying to tell me. But uh, you know, nothing too surprising there. Another great match from Bailey. Uh, 
like I said, you know, NXT TakeOver 2, I don't think, in my opinion, beat last year's NXT TakeOver. It was still a hell of a show. Uh, but if you ha- if I had to compare and I had to really pick, at the end of the day, I would pick last year's show over this one. But, you know, that's that's really not... I'm not really trying to nitpick. It was still, still a great night uh, for NXT and uh, all the WWE fans out there. Yeah, and that brings us to the very next night, which was SummerSlam. It was held at the same arena, the Barclays Center. Um, there was a lot of wrestling going on. I actually attended SummerSlam, and it was uh, it was an amazing show live. And there were a lot of great things that happened with the show, and there were a lot of things that um, I wasn't so happy about, and not not the things that you probably would expect. And I'm sure that we're going to get into that as well. But um, first off, you know, one of the things that was crazy is that the start time for this um, pay per view was around like five five thirty. And they had a match, the the tag team match, that basically about 15 to 20 people, I think, saw because oh, they had opened up the doors, but, you know, people were still filing in and they were getting the checked. And, like, there's some pictures online you can see. So it, it always bothers me. Like, I know that they want to make it really big and all that stuff, but um, the problem that I have is when you have so many matches that you – some of the matches don't get the spotlight that it deserves or that it doesn't get the um, the credit that they deserve. So, like, to have that match on there with, not like, nobody there, um, it just didn't really make sense to me. And, you know, this is an, an, an era when people are very, very smart to what happens in wrestling. And so to have, like, a match that comes out, like, you know, to be a cool-off for, um, you know, like say that there was a really good match, like the Finn-Seth match, and then they bring out like this match where it's, you know, um, Sami Zayn and, and Neville versus the Dudleys. That's not what happened, but I'm saying the fans know what's happening. They're using it as a match that they don't seem that important. I would rather there be five matches on SummerSlam card and they all be really good matches and they, the show's over in like an hour and a half versus a five-hour pay-per-view where they have 50 matches and they all get rushed through and there's, you know, no real reason to have those matches. So I thought that there were probably too many matches, to be honest, on the SummerSlam card. Um, did you feel that way? or how? Did yeah, work? I mean, there's this whole little borderline with the pre-show versus the actual show, and it's like... Uh, I don't know. Why does it even need to be like that? I mean, like, uh, there's... I don't know what they're getting from the pre-show to where how many other viewers are going to tune in or buy the the network if they don't even have it by now. And it's just like, well, you have like a match and then nonstop talking about the matches to come. And it's like it, too much. It's either you want this match on the show or you don't want the match. And it's it, it almost categorized it as, you know, it's like uh, the Little League that everybody wins a trophy or something like that. It's like those games for kids nowadays where oh, no, there can't be a winner or a loser. Everybody's got to win a trophy or everybody's got to be in the game or everybody has to play the game. And, you know, that's where it, that's, that's what they got to stop doing because it's, eh, I don't know. It, it, a lot of the, these guys, I feel like they're not going to even work their hardest or do their best to where, eh, I'll, I'll still be on the show somehow. So what what's the point? I mean, I feel like they're not going to put forth the effort into giving us great matches to where they already know they're going to get that, that other kind of a match thrown on the show uh, for like SummerSlam. And I don't know. It, it, like you said, it's too many. Um, and what what else? Uh, I don't know. What, what are they going to do with it? Because 
they have how many matches before the show, then the show starts, and then you have all these other matches, and I don't know, it's too confusing, we don't need all these pre-show matches, beforehand matches, they need to they need to figure something out, because it's, you know, it's either on the network, or not on the network, or is this pre-show exclusively on the USA network beforehand, or what, what is this pre-show offering, you know, I it's part of the show, make it part of the show, like, what's the difference if they started it, at, like you said, at 5 o'clock, as opposed to when 7 o'clock was the real start time, and I don't know. It, there's definitely a fine line of confusion going on to where too many matches beforehand, is it just pretty much the show or, or not? Uh, and if if they don't need them on the show, if these guys can't do anything on the show, then don't put them on the show. We don't need to have everybody play the game. Not everybody needs to win the trophy, you know? Absolutely, but um, I think it's very important that you know, that we talk about some of these matches and some of the things that came from these matches. But um, right off the bat, it you know, we're not going in order, any particular order. But um, to say that the AJ Styles and Cena match was amazing would be an understatement. I really was happy to see it's kind of, um, you know, a, a dream match. It was a one-on-one finally. It was one of those things that um, there was a great build to it. You know, Cena kind of questioning himself, AJ wanting to be the face that runs the place. Uh, it was an amazing match. There were a lot of false finishes. There were a lot of finishing maneuvers. There was drama, and it was it made me um, happy to be a wrestling fan again. It was one of those things that, you know, you just saw uh, both of them pouring their heart out into it, and um, it just it made so much sense. And people were into it. It was probably the most over match of the night, I would say. Um, a lot of AJ Styles chants. There was some Cena chants, and then at the end we saw you know Cena take off his armband uh, that says "Never Give Up," um, and that opens up the possibility for future matches and all kinds of stuff. But um, I definitely thought that this was the match of the night, and uh, I I think that it just goes to show you that you know AJ came in, he lost at WrestleMania, all this stuff happened, but he is showing WWE. Because there's no real built-in audience. There's a, a minority of people who knew AJ Styles that are also WWE fans. I can't tell you that I know people who only watch Raw or they only watch SmackDown, and that was before the draft. So there's people out there that have never watched NXT. You know, so to see AJ Styles thrive in the WWE environment is really awesome, and um, you know, I think it's it's just great for everybody involved. Yeah, it's a shame that it wasn't uh, later on in the card. I mean, these guys are the two icons of their their respective shows. You know, AJ Styles was the face of TNA for a long time. John Cena has been the face of WWE for the past 10 years. You know, it's these guys are pretty much the Rock versus Hogan kind of match we're going to get right now. Um, that people, I don't think, like you said, you know, it's that instant gratification that we need it now, 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 to where this is, what, the third match we're having right now of AJ, or maybe more of AJ Styles versus John Cena, to where they could have milked it a little bit longer um, to make this maybe just the rematch uh, of, of their whole, you know, battle or whatever, their whole feud. But uh, I don't know. It, I felt like, it, and don't get me wrong, it was a great match, one of the best matches of the night. I still think that one in the, the Universal Championship match, both of those matches were the matches of the night. Uh, we'll get to that, but I mean, all in all, you have these two icons going at it, giving the best match of the night, but one of the best matches of the night compared to all these other guys uh, that should be doing better than they are uh, in their age, and you know, hey, this just goes to show you what it is to be the faces of the company, and uh, you know, I, I don't know, I feel like it's such a high-profile match, we didn't get it as such a high-profile match, I mean... 
it was on SummerSlam. You know, there was no title involved, but uh, between Icon versus Icon, this is, I think, as close as we're going to get for a while because, I mean, you're not going to have The Rock versus AJ Styles. You're not going to have, you know, The Rock versus Hogan kind of a match. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I feel like going back and looking at it and thinking about it, this is the Icon versus Icon match of uh, the shows, the Sting versus the Taker that we haven't had a chance to get. We, we were getting AJ Styles versus John Cena, and it's just like, oh, yeah, just another match. It was a good match. Don't get me wrong, but I don't feel like a lot of people were behind it like they should have been to where this is a big deal. But uh, I think they killed it out with the whole feud of them you know, fighting every so often and, and, and all that. So I love the match. Don't get me wrong. Uh, it's just one of those matches I think should have been higher – uh, on everybody's food chain to where that should have been one of the main events of the night. And uh, I still get confused how they pl- how they plan these shows because, you know, that match was probably like third or fourth match on the on, on the official SummerSlam card. And, you know, I, I get how they stagger it to do with crowd reaction to where you have this great match, then you don't really want to have a match like that follow it because then you'll kill the crowd out and, and so on and so forth. But that's just the whole other argument to get into later. Uh, there were plenty other matches, Jonathan. Uh, we had Charlotte defeat Sasha Banks for the world, uh, for the women's championship. Um, thoughts on this? I mean, I, I think word going around is that, you know, Sasha has taken some time off, so maybe that's one of the big reasons. But uh, another great women's match. You know, it's not like these matches of yesterday of uh, these divas doing five-minute barn burner matches and, uh, you know, these sleeper matches to where these girls are putting on more... Uh, I don't know. They're just putting on better matches than some of the guys are playing. Plain simple. Yeah, this match was uh, definitely one uh, that you know I don't think that people were surprised by it, but you know there were some very athletic spots. You saw a like razor's edge into a, a hurricane rana. Um, the crowd was definitely behind these two. Uh, I, I thought that it was a great match. It was a SummerSlam quality match. It was a pay per view quality match. Uh, the thing that bothered me, and it's the same thing that I'm going to get into a little bit later, probably with the Universal Championship, but um, you know, Sasha loses the title, okay, and Charlotte wins, and immediately all you're seeing on social media is she's, well, that's it. Sasha's wellnessed, like yeah, <laughs> she's 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 done, like that's it, you know, like like they know, and it's very, I can't imagine, I can't imagine being like. You know her family or friends or whatever who see this stuff online and think that, oh God, like is that what happened? Like, people are very quick to jump to conclusions, um, <laughs> and people are very quick to want to tear other people down. Um, if you know somebody has something, they immediately want it and they are going to say whatever they want without regard of anything, and that's just it. Like, um, I'm going to say this, and it's probably not going to be popular. And People are probably going to say stuff about this all the time, but I have no real reason to not say what I I feel. We are living in a time, as far as professional wrestling goes, that we are getting some of the greatest things that have ever happened. If you look back at 2005, 2008, like we got some good things every now and then. We got a few surprises here and there, but this is 2016, and I mentioned we have Bobby Roode, we have Austin Aries, we have Samojo, Finn Balor. Sasha Banks, Bailey, all of the this amazing talent. We have a draft that everybody's been clamoring for forever. We have Brock Lesnar. We have Randy Orton. We have all of this stuff, and yet we still can't be happy. Um, 
I feel like I'm going to segue into this and we can come back or spin around or whatever, but, you know, Seth Rollins has mentioned this about the title. Uh, Mick Foley's mentioned this about the title. But unfortunately, um, people were so so concerned about the color of the Universal Championship. Now, I want I want to I want to say that again. People were so concerned with the color of the Universal Championship that they had no thoughts on the fact that Finn Balor and Seth freaking Rollins were having a match right before their eyes. And it was an amazing match. And it was something that if I would have told anybody five years ago that that was going to be one of the main events of SummerSlam, they wouldn't have believed me because it was it's such an amazing thing. But us fans, us, you know, we have a right to feel the way we, we want. Like, I'm not telling people not to feel the way that they want to feel. But I am saying that it is just uh, there's a time when you have to take a step back and say, like, this is the greatest time to be a professional wrestling fan. And for if you want the sport to grow, if you want your, you know, it to continue to get better, you have to share this stuff with your friends. You have to talk to them. You have to try to get people to come to these shows, indie shows, pro shows, whatever you want to say. But people are going to start to question why you like something so much if all you ever do is tear it apart. And, uh, I'm going to get off my soapbox really soon, but I just think that, um, you know, it's fine to have an opinion about things. It's totally fine. But sometimes there needs to be an appreciation with that that as well because those people are putting their lives on their line. Um, you know, we had Finn Balor get injured. You know, he won the title. He's on top of the world, and he got injured because he wanted to entertain us. And um, like I said, once again, the thing that people were most concerned about was the color of that championship. So, um I'm done for a little bit, probably, <laughs> but that's just my thoughts on this. And uh, so I really was proud of Charlotte and Sasha is what I'm trying to say. And I'm looking forward to Sasha coming back and to seeing, you know, who else that she can she can fight with. Definitely. You know, uh, that match, like I said, I think it was one of the top matches of the night between that and uh, AJ and Cena. Uh, we have two of the top wrestlers in the world going at it right now at SummerSlam, the biggest summer pay-per-view of the year, and the top company of the you know all-around wrestling. And that's what I know exactly. People are complaining about it. Like I understand it's not what you want it to look like. Uh, big deal. I tell you what, we've seen a lot of atrocities of championships uh, through the years, and I think this one looks awesome. It. it, it the red, obviously, it's for the Raw brand, you know, and as we can see with the other championships being released, the, the blue for the SmackDown, we get it, like, there's nothing wrong with it, you know, uh, UFC has all the same pretty much championships, they're just different in size for the different weight classes, and big deal, uh, I can see, I, I like how they're branding them, though, because it makes out, it makes all the champions, top champions equal, uh, whether you're a women's champion or the guy's champion, you're still the champion, so uh, people just—it's uh, like, come on! I understand that you. May, it's like, what do you, what do you think they're gonna do? Like, what's what would satisfy you? It's like it almost goes to that Simpson episode where he—they let him invent his own car, and he comes up with the stupid, like that little green car with the bubble on it. That's exactly what it is. It's like that's why fans aren't allowed to pick the championship. Uh, it was made for a reason. Uh, I have no problem with it. I think it's awesome. I think it was one awesome match at SummerSlam. So regardless of what you fans out there, let us know. But, uh, you know, there was still more wrestling in that, Jonathan. Uh, SummerSlam uh, had a lot of matches, but it also had one hell of a finish. Uh, you were there live. Brock Lesnar versus Orton. 
Um, I think my only two cents about this match is basically Brock Lesnar is that new phenom of the WWE to where you pay to see what Brock Lesnar is going to do next. Uh, he's the one twenty-one and one. You're not paying money to see him get a clean pin in 15 minutes. Uh, you want to see chaos and controversy, uh, blood, you know, after the week of people talking about Conor McGregor and what he said about the WWE and then Brock Lesnar answering him. And, you know, it's a Brock Lesnar match, man. That's what you're seeing right now. Whether you went to go see an Andre the Giant match, uh, whether you see an Undertaker match, you see a Brock Lesnar match. Uh, it's, you know, it, it's molded into Suplex City. Uh, and, you know, some MMA a little bit, I guess, if you will, uh, to where you got to see the reality a bit <laughs> on Sunday night. And, you know, whether it was planned, it was not planned. I think it was planned, but I don't think that much of a cut or blood was probably planned. But uh, I don't know, man. I think that's what people people complain and complain. And, you know, they're like, oh, that's how it ended or whatever. And, you know, I think that's the way it should have ended. That's the Brock Lesnar finish, man. He knocked him out. He got a total knockout. And you don't get that every weekend or every week. Uh, it's a rarity. And I think it still adds to the mystique of Brock Lesnar just being the beast incarnate. I think that's a great finish for a man who is dubbed the Beast Incarnate. What do you think? You were there live. How was the crowd reaction? The crowd reaction was bad because 90% of them wanted Goldberg to come out. <laughs> and when Goldberg didn't come out, they were pissed. Oh, and, my gosh. I mean, this is the thing. Like, people wanted blood. They got blood. People want physicality. They get physicality. They want blockbuster matchups. They get blockbuster matchups. But at the end of the day, it wasn't what they wanted. Um, and I don't think a lot of fans know what they want. I think that they get things... And sometimes they're like, yeah, that's what I wanted. But people put these expectations on things, and then you never they'll never live up to it. You mean to tell me that when you walked into SummerSlam, you were saying to yourself, the only way that I'm going to be happy with this Brock Lesnar versus Randy Orton match, which right there, that should tell you, like that's an amazing matchup. The only way you're going to be happy is if Bill Goldberg comes down to the ring. He's been very adamant about not really coming back, and it's well known. Like, yes, he's part of 2K17, but like... He's not been, like, he's not teased it. He hasn't said he's coming back or anything. But the only way that people are going to be happy is if he comes down. You had Brock Lesnar, arguably one of the biggest attractions in professional wrestling ever, going against Randy Orton, who is also arguably one of the biggest attractions in the WWE ever. And you're not satisfied yeah. with that. <laughs> um, the match was what it was. It wasn't a scientific match. It was brutal. There were a lot of hard-hitting things. Um, you know, I felt bad for Orton at the end of it. You know, I don't know what the real, what where the line is drawn, and that's also something that was good about that match. That made us all question: Was it real? Was that supposed to happen? Like, these are things in this day and age we don't get that much of. So you should hold on to that and be very. It's like, you know, one day you wake up and you're 32 years old and you're saying, "Man, like." Is Santa real? Like, you just, like, you want that. You love, like, Christmas because you always like those sorts of surprises. And with this, with Brock Lesnar and Orton, it became very real at the end. And it sucked a lot of the air out of the arena. And people were confused. And I think that um, it goes to show you that whether it was real or not, like, that's what, that's what wrestling used to be like for you as a fan. You didn't always know everything. And you were happier not knowing everything. The one thing that stands out on top of all the other stuff, is the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, now with the Universal Championship, 
it's pretty much split into two. I feel like the WWE title doesn't mean as much as it did before uh, last week. <laughs> um, and especially Dean Ambrose, Dolph Ziggler. I think right here is you, you have a perfect opportunity to change the landscape, to, to breathe some fresh air into some exciting, you know, finishes, uh, especially with your different brands. And I feel like, you know, the whole Dolph, I would have really loved, honestly, at the end of the day, I would have loved Dolph Ziggler to win just because he deserves it for what he has done for the company throughout the years. Uh, that right there is what a championship should mean. It should mean like, uh, oh, the fans love you this month, so you should get it. it. I feel like it's, you know, for everything that you've done. And I think when they had that one title, you had so many people fighting for it that it's just impossible to get everybody... Uh, a championship opportunity now with the brand split you have that opportunity now it's you know two titles uh and more guys being able to get that shot to where they before they couldn't so right there and then when they made this announcement of Dolph Ziggler versus Dean Ambrose I was like wow finally they get it finally they realize that they have to put the belt on uh or give it to somebody like uh you know uh Dolph Ziggler just to just to spice things up a little bit um, honestly, man, Dean Ambrose's match from WrestleMania they, before he wasn't even the champ to now, I feel like they just fall flat. They, he, I don't know. Uh, Dean Ambrose is good in chunks. I think he was good when he was doing all those gimmicky matches. I think that's honestly, unfortunately, that's, you know, what he's good at doing those ladder matches, those hardcore matches, uh, whatever. But the championship match, I, I just, every title he holds, I feel like, he doesn't do anything for, and especially now the WWE Championship. I thought his 15 minutes were up. I thought it was going to Dolph and Ambrose retains. Uh, I don't know, man. He, I, he, when I think WWE Champion, I do not think Dean Ambrose. I just don't think his character, if you want to look into it even further, even deserves the championship or needs a championship. Is what I mean. You know, I don't know. Uh, I think at the end of the day, I was just disappointed that we didn't see that change. And, you know, granted, he, there wasn't the greatest buildup. But like I said, when, when that brand split hit, you had that opportunity to shake things up a little bit, rewrite a lot of the, you know, the things going on. And I don't know. Um, I think I'm just overseeing any member of the Shield with the championship for a few months. Give me a few months off from the Shield holding it. Let's see some other faces do it. But I don't know. Somebody still loves Dean Ambrose. Um, do you, what were your thoughts about the championship match, Jonathan, for... for the most coveted title i'm not um the best way i can say it is it felt like a square peg in a round hole um i felt like the two guys are great i think that they're both good at what they do um i don't know that in my world that i would have dean ambrose as champion but it's not always about what i want but um regardless i think that the two of them didn't mesh well and i think there was a lot of pressure Probably Ambrose put a lot of pressure on himself after that interview he did with Stone Cold Steve Austin, and there's a, probably a lot of stuff going on that you know we don't know about as far as you know him questioning himself or whatever. But um, Ziggler is one of those guys that can go out there and have a match, a great match with pretty much anybody. And I just don't know if it was the timing. I don't know what it was, but it just didn't feel like the two of them were clicking. And I think that that's the case. Like. Um, you know, you can have Steamboat and Savage, but if they're, you know, they they had that match at WrestleMania three once in their life, and I don't know that if they would have had fifteen matches with each other or whatever, that they would have all lived up to that one. So 
I still think that they could have a good match, and I'm looking forward to someday they having a good match, but I just don't think the stars aligned at SummerSlam, and those two had a great match. At the end of the day, Jonathan, uh, if you had to give it a rating, maybe out of a 1 out of a 10, one, out, 1 star to 10 stars, what would you give NXT, and what would you give SummerSlam? 1 out of 10. Um, I would say NXT, I would give um, probably like a 7, just because it was fun throughout, uh, the matches were good, the Tomasa Ciampa and Gargano versus the Revival was really good. I, I enjoyed that. Um, so I'd probably give that a 7 out of 10. Um, SummerSlam, being there live, it always means a little bit more. And, um, you know, I was I was happy with it. There was just parts, like I said, that I was more disappointed in, in my fellow wrestling fans than I was maybe the, the matches. So I would probably either give that a 7 or an eight as well. I um, I really enjoyed it. So I I think that this is going to be good. I think that this is the very early stages of this this new landscape that we're in. There's going to be 19 pay per views. Let that sink in. That's 19 pay per views. That is 12. So that's once a month, and then seven more. So there's going to be several months that you get two pay per views in in one month. So for all the people that are complaining about wrestling and all that stuff. If you have the WWE Network, you're paying $9.99 a month for 19 pay-per-views a year. So let that sink in and just uh, realize how awesome of a time that this is for a wrestling fan. Definitely. And uh, hopefully these fans can uh, straighten some things out and uh, get back on to what uh, it's all about and enjoying yourself, right? Today's show is brought to you by... This is your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle. And you're listening to another wrestling podcast in association with Celeb VM. Order a personal video message from me and many other wrestlers and celebrities now. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. Get a personal video message for yourself or as a gift for someone else. For personal connections, shout-outs, birthdays, proposals, weddings, and much more. Enter your details about yourself so the celebrity can record a personal video message, especially for you, including details such as your name, age, birthday, hobbies, or whatever else you include. As soon as the video has been recorded, you'll get an email with your link so you can share it on social media or download and keep it. Celebrities record videos as and when they can, usually within two weeks. But if you want a video for a specific date and it does not look like it will arrive in time, you can cancel it and get an instant refund at the click of a button. There are hundreds of celebrities to choose from and many more joining every day. Search by category or genre, buy a gift voucher, get updates and offers, and encourage your favorite celebrities to join so they can connect with fans in a fun and unique way. Raise money for their charities and much more. So order your video now for yourself or for someone else. See Kurt Angle, Cody Rhodes, and the Hardy Boys live as Northeast Wrestling and the Hudson Valley Renegades present Wrestling Under the Stars at Dutchess Stadium in Wapachers Falls, New York, Saturday, August 27th. See Kurt Angle battle Cody Rhodes. Jeff Hardy takes on Japanese legend Jushin Liger, plus Matt Hardy, Jerry Lawler, Hornswoggle, The Now, and much more. Autograph session with all the stars before the matches. Tickets start at only $20 available now at NortheastWrestling.com and the Dutchess Stadium box office. See the Hardy Boys, Kurt Angle, Cody Rhodes, and more live at Dutchess Stadium on August 27th. Visit NortheastWrestling.com for more info. 
right, before we go any further, though, we have a tag team that's from our hometown, Poughkeepsie, New York, uh, the one and only, the now Victalicious Hell Collins. Jonathan, we go back for the past few years. Uh, we've known them. We've seen them. We've worked with them. Uh, they've been out of the Northeast wrestling scene for a little bit now. They're making the return. Uh, they're in possibly the best shape of their career coming, uh, back. Uh, they definitely want to show the tag team division at Northeast wrestling. What's up? Uh, and hopefully we'll see, uh, the now as the Northeast wrestling tag team champions, but what's your take on the now and uh, the return of them to Northeast wrestling? Well, the time is now for the now. And, uh, I think that, you know, we've got a lot of questions to ask them and they've got a huge test in front of them with the battle brothers. Um, but I think if anybody can do it, it's the now. And let's uh, let's let's talk to them. Let's get them in the studio and find out exactly what they're thinking about for these upcoming shows. When do you want it? Joining us tonight are local legends, hometown heroes. Ladies and gentlemen, please give them a warm welcome back. That's the Hail Collins and Vic Delicious, the now. Guys, welcome back, man. Thank you very much, Steve. Hey, Steve. All right, guys. Yeah, yeah, thanks for coming on tonight. Uh, what is what is going on, guys? We, we have so much history. Uh, so many things have happened in the past few years, from marriages to babies uh, we're, we're turning to adults now, but uh, guys, what what has been what has been new uh, happened with the now? What's going on? Wow, what a question! Now we're grown ups. <laughs> <laughs> man, that happens. Ah, <laughs> uh, man, things are good. Life is good. I got two little ones at home. Just got just bought my own house. Got. My wife, I mean, I'm a happy dude in my my personal life. is all going really well. I started a separate business. Um, things are going really well for me personally as Nick Delicious. Uh, you know, and we've never, ever been in this stride like we are in right now. So, you know, everything feels really good on my end. Yeah, like, you know, I did the whole marriage thing too, you know, and uh, and basically right now, I feel like I'm more focused than I have been in a very long time. And, uh, and I've been really focusing on dropping weight and cutting weight for the show. And I don't know. I think we're really getting ready for this opportunity. Definitely. And you guys see, you guys look to be in the best shape of your career. So it's not only, you know, the now is coming back to wrestle. The now is back better than ever. Uh, it's going to be great times. And, you know, sorry, ladies, the now is off the market, but hey, you can still see them live and in action. Uh, guys, you're changing a lot of things about you. Uh, you're not, not even new and improved, just, you know, better than ever. Um, 
You know, the fans demanded it. And lo and behold, you guys are back wrestling in Northeast Wrestling. Can you take a, take a moment to let us know what it means for both of you guys to be wrestling in uh, in front of the hometown crowd again? Yeah, for me, it's something I definitely didn't think was going to happen. Uh, I didn't, I wasn't sure. You know, if you would have asked me one year ago from this point right here, if I thought that I would be on such a stadium wrestling under the stars here, I would have said absolutely not. But it's crazy how things kind of work themselves out and it's crazy how the wrestling business really works. I personally have been on a journey in this last year of, uh, taking back control of my entire life. I've just dropped, uh, 78 pounds, wow. uh, almost, almost 78 pounds. That's awesome. 78 pounds. Uh, I'm wearing a large t-shirt right now, which has never really happened. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, for me, I, I went through this whole journey, and if we were going to come back and we were going to be the now and we were going to do this whole thing, I didn't want to do it half-ass. I didn't want to do it as posers and pretenders and be, you know, like living through this gimmick that we had before. If we were going to be the now and we were going to do this, we were going to do this, and we are going to do it right. So the last eight months have literally been uh, the most sobering, the most eye-opening and the realest eight months I think I've had as an adult. And it's absolutely positively the best I've ever felt. And to get back out there in front of the fans of Northeast Wrestling and to wrestle at Dutchess Stadium, something I thought was never going to happen, it's pretty cool, man. Yeah, like <clears throat> we decided to tag up again and do this thing because, you know, the tag team division like worldwide is like, like – taken off like to something like something so awesome and i really wanted to be a part of it and you know him and i have so much tag team history and like i know i know what he's thinking without he even like talking or anything you know so like it's like our communication level is on just another level but like um it we're really like you know we're out there comfortable stuff like that and but like when i was doing wrestling as singles during this time i always felt like something was missing like it just wasn't as fun as it was. Mm -hmm. So like, I kind of like didn't, like I always enjoyed wrestling, of course, but something was missing and wasn't like it used to be. So like, and in that time I got like skinny fat, like, like like, skinny fat, the new, (laughs) the new fat, skinny skinny (laughs) fat is worse than fat. Cause you're just like fat in the stomach. So it's like, you look, you're like, your clothes don't fit right. Cause you're just, Fat in this. <laughs> As a fat like, person, like, I like to say I I hate when I see skinny fat people because they're complaining about yeah, how much I, they weigh, and I'm like, "Fuck you! You fucking still I'd skinny." Rather be fat. <laughs> I know. I, I'd rather be I'd rather be fat everywhere than just the stomach. Like, <laughs> like bring on As the a guy who made it to 312 pounds, I can tell you that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, but. But like I, so like I, I was like I couldn't take it more. So when Vic and I, you know, decided to do this, we like like Vic said, I didn't want to half-ass it. So I really just really started killing the gym, and I dropped uh, twenty pounds of wow. the skinny fat, yes, of the skinny fat. So I went, you know, from two twenty to you know two hundred. Wow, so nice. I'm definitely the best. And the thing, the weird thing is, you know, I started training at Johnny Rods in two thousand, and I switched over to you know spend some time at. At DeVito with DeVito for a couple of years and 
16 years ago, I'm honestly going to say I'm in the best shape of my life. That's insane. It's great, guys. You know, it's glad to hear. Like I said, it's almost the rebirth of the now, if you will. Uh, the best shape of your careers. Um, you know, speaking of, you mentioned history a little bit. Uh, you know, for fans listening right now who may have not have had the pleasure to see the now perform, uh, can you guys give a brief history of you and Northeast Wrestling? Because, you know, you went from tagging. You had a little riff. You guys broke up. Uh, maybe just tell the fans out there, give them, give them a little bit about this history and how you guys came back full circle. Well, we, uh, you know, we started teaming in Northeast Wrestling. I want to say it was 2007, mm-hmm. 2008, 2006. Okay. Yeah, it was right in there. Um, and we had some, you know, they were the Northeast Wrestling and, Michael Lombardi were the first people to ever give us an opportunity on that level and like put us in front of big crowds and uh, give us a chance to like go out there and get over really. And it was our hometown. We got to bring some people there that was, that had always wanted to see us. And um, that was really cool. We did that for about five years. And then in 2012, you know, I got this, I got this idea that I could be uh just fine on my own. And, uh, Precaution, right Newburgh, New York, <laughs> right there in Newburgh, New York, I dissolved our tag team partnership. And then, uh, yep. you know, we, we managed to sell out the mid Hudson civic center three different times. And we've had some brawls all over the place. And then, uh, you know, we, we kind of did our own thing. We wrestled a couple different independent promotions. We started our own company with Tommy dreamer called house of hardcore. We had our own wrestling school and, um, we kind of just started seeing the writing on the wall, what the plan was going to be, what we wanted to do with our career. And then the opportunity came last year where Northeast wrestling was in the NFA doing spring slam. And we kind of just were approached. We had a conversation and we made it happen. You know, I was already, uh, I guess I was about three and a half months into my weight loss there. And I felt pretty good enough to like, want to get out there and try and, you know, we went out there, we had a good time. The fans remembered us. We did the now chant the whole time. Um, it felt really good. I, that's been the most motivating experience I've had in this whole, this whole time is that Newberg show because the fans were so awesome. The fans were the ones that were like, just made us feel like we hadn't missed a beat. But the guys in the locker room all had this look on their face. Every guy. They all had this look on their face. It was like, we couldn't tell if it was, oh, shit, or these guys are old, you know? <laughs> and, and I personally, I couldn't take the fact that, those, that the guys, my peers, felt that way about me. And that's been my most motivating thing through this whole, this whole process, is that, the, that Newberg show. I've remembered it every single day through there, how the fans made me feel and then how the other guys made me feel. Mm. And I know that on August 27th, at Wrestling Under the Stars, the look on every single one of those guys' faces is going to be totally different. That's going to be the oh shit face. Well, you know, I couldn't say it better myself, Vic. <laughs> that, basically <laughs> all sum, that basically sums it all up. The, the, the thing that, you know, with Newberg is that, like, I was so happy, I was so happy that I was back and you know, I was worried about like the fans remembered us, and if we were gonna walk out there and hear crickets, I was like, I'm like, man, what the hell? And some people said I was crazy, but some people were like, 
yeah, it could happen. Mm-hmm. So when we walked out there, the people were chitting now. It was awesome. But then, but then I got the DVD. And I got the DVD and I watched it and I was like, holy crap, I look horrible. <laughs> like, I don't look like a professional athlete. I look like a freaking wannabe. This is awful. I don't know how this ended up being. So it was full. It was like, there's no way I'm ever doing that again, walking out there looking like that. I'm better than that. And I'm not just some guy, a wannabe wrestler. So, so I just, uh, like I said, just focused on my body. You know, Vic focused on his body. And and I want to show everyone up. And once again, we got a new look going on. You know, we're going to reveal it at the show. And I just can't wait to show the world that we're the best tag team ever. Definitely. Uh, now- you know, see, pro wrestling is really weird, man, because, like, it does a lot of different things to you as a pro wrestler. Now, we're 34 years old in this business, and I've been doing it for 15 years. I've been wrestling for 16 years. You know, and you go through these periods in pro wrestling where, you know, they only wanted male models, and then they only wanted um, guys who had six packs, and then they only wanted guys that were over six foot four, and then they only wanted guys that looked like um, the cruiserweights. And then they then they only want they want tag teams, but they don't want you to look like tag team. They want, you know, that you get messed with this entire process. You get messed with the whole way. Mm-hmm. So. You know, and also age. They tell you you're too old. Right? We don't want guys that old. But now, everything has come back around where the guys who have the experience, the guys who have been up and down the road that didn't quit, that stuck with it, that have had this business going through their veins, are the ones that are now seeing that success. And I'm so happy that we never quit. And I'm so happy that we never walked away from this and totally just said, oh, I don't got it anymore because... I would feel so let down with myself and I wouldn't be where I am right now. I know that everything that we went through in the past is what made us ready to be here right now. Yeah, that's all so awesome. It's all true. Definitely. Now, you know, you know, guys, uh, since your absence with Northeast wrestling, uh, some things have changed. Uh, they actually have, Tag team championships now. When you were there, they didn't have tag team championships. Uh, they they did it. They never had tag team championships. No. Yep. <laughs> and I want that. I want the gold. Well, that's right. You know, the, the Northeast Wrestling has a booming tag team division now since your absence. Uh, are winning those titles something that's currently in the now's game plan? Are you crazy, Steve? Of course they are. <laughs> Absolutely. One thousand percent. I want those belts. <laughs> now it's absolutely ridiculous that there is a local promotion in the Northeast and the tag team division, and we don't have those belts. It's totally, totally ridiculous. I can't even. I will take the very first opportunity against the tag champs. So over, <laughs> and I will guarantee you, we will walk out of there with the tag team belts. At first, we're going to the Battle Brothers. And then we're going to go after the tag belts. What do you guys have to say to the Battle Brothers? What, what if they're they're listening right now? They're tuning in. They they want to know what the now's up to. Who do they have to face? Tell them. I, I, what do you guys have to say to them? They better say their prayers, eat their vitamins, and drinking their milk. I I've watched the career of both of those guys for a long time, and Chris uh, Battle was the Defiant Pro Wrestling champion for a long time. Uh, he had some 
awesome matches in that promotion that I actually had a chance to see um, when I was there doing some of the work, doing some of my work there. But uh, And then the battle tank, his brother. Uh, he's a big, agile dude. Like, I'm not sure what it'll feel like to have that big, giant dude splash on me from the top rope, so I'm going to do my best to avoid that. But, you know, I've watched true. those guys... I've watched those guys for their whole career. Hopefully they've watched us so that they know what they're in for. But I am not for one second. Am I discounting what those guys are capable of? Because I know that if we don't come prepared and we don't have our game face on, that we could walk out of there with a loss. And that would be the most embarrassing waste of time that I've ever, ever gone through. <laughs> Definitely. Now, do you guys believe a victory over the Battle Brothers will catapult you uh, into the tag title picture? You know, guys, uh, you're big on social media. You have a big following in the area. What has the fan support been like for the now since uh, announcing your return to Northeast Wrestling? Amazing. The fans have yeah. never forgotten us. As far as I, as far as I feel, they haven't forgotten yeah. us, and they've been waiting for this time to happen. So. Uh, I can't wait for the reaction that's going to go down on the 20, August 27th, especially because of the things that we have planned. We have an entrance that's probably going to be the most talked about thing of that night, <laughs> just for that yeah. show. So we have, you know, we dropped, we got brand new gear. We got brand new entrance. We got a brand new bodies. We got brand new everything to go out there and to debut it to everyone on August 27th. We've literally been waiting for that day to show the world who and what the now is in 2016. So I'm very, very excited. I'm sure you can tell. <laughs> Definitely, guys. Well, I know uh, we're waiting. We can't wait for this match. Uh, the first time we're going to see the now in Northeast Wrestling at Dutchess Stadium, Wrestling Under the Stars 5, August 27th. Uh, guys, where can the fans keep up with you on social media? Because uh, that's that, that's the best way to, to talk now or to, to follow people. So uh, where can the fans find you? I have a Twitter account. It's at VicDelicious, V-I-K-D-A-L-I-S-H-U-S. We also have a Facebook page that the both of us are on. It's Vic Hale. And we have the Now Facebook page that kind of covers everything that we're doing. But you can reach out to us on any of those platforms. We will answer you. Uh, Hale has a separate Facebook page also for Hale Collins. Um mm-hmm. You know, we talk to the fans all the time. We get messages like every single day from somebody asking something. So, uh, yeah, please reach out to us. Say hi. Definitely. Tell us you miss us. Definitely. Guys, one last thing. Uh, any last words to the Battle Brothers before August 27th? You just better be prepared. You better be prepared. I'm going to go with my quote from the other day that your past does not define you. Your past prepares you. And we've never been more prepared than where we're at right now. And we hope that you guys, you guys bring your A game too. Because I wouldn't want to beat a bunch of guys that are losers. I want to beat the best. And they better bring their best. So I want to beat the best. Just when you thought that this podcast couldn't get any better, um, without further ado, it is now my honor, my privilege to welcome none other than Hornswoggle to the show. Hornswoggle. 
joining us right now is one of the most memorable wrestlers in the past 20 years. He's spent nearly a decade with the WWE and was involved with some of the most influential storylines of all time. He was the last WWE Cruiserweight Champion, and he is now joining us here tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Mr. Dylan Hornswoggle Postel. Welcome, man. Thank you. Thanks, man. I, I appreciate that. That was a... A hell of an intro. <laughs> uh, thanks. And, you know, uh, we are excited also to announce that soon you will be making your way up here to the Northeast on several of Northeast Wrestling's summer events. Uh, are you excited about coming up to the Northeast again? And uh, what are you maybe looking forward to the most? So here's, here's the thing. Um, I'm not blowing any smoke by saying this, but I've known of Northeast Wrestling for a long time. Um, I'm... I was always known as the uh, the independent wrestling follower in the WWE locker room. I would always have the uh, I would always know the the who the who's who of the independents and stuff. Me and Brian Myers, uh, Kurt Hawkins, and Tyson Kidd would would we would we would always talk independent wrestling. And we were looked at as the uh, the indie wrestling nerds at times. So it, it, I've known it for about Northeast wrestling for a long time, and I've always thought you know what they have this huge event. Um, in a baseball stadium. I've known about this for a while, and it's like, that's something I want to do. I've I've performed at WrestleMania, but I always thought, man, that would be awesome to perform at a baseball stadium. Like, it would be so awesome to do that. And I always heard the huge crowd that Northeast Wrestling has. And so when the time came, and I got the the infamous call from WWE, and the handcuffs were off, I, uh, I immediately was happy to uh, get some dates for Northeast wrestling, including this one. It's, it's going to be an, an enormous show. Yes. Uh, the, you know, the crowds are always amazing. They throw one hell of a show, every show they do up here. So definitely Northeast wrestling is excited to, uh, to see you come and uh, be a part of this tour that's going on right now too. But, uh, uh, you know, getting the, into that a little bit more uh, later, you know, you've uh, you obviously recently parted ways with uh, WWE. What has life outside of, uh, you know, the WWE been like for you? Um, calm, but, uh, but busy <laughs> as, as contradictory as those two terms may be. Um, you're not on call 24 seven. If I want to be home with my son, I can be home with my son. If I want to be gone, I can hopefully be gone and find myself a booking. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm loving it. I'm absolutely loving it. Um, I can't say enough good things. I, uh, it sounds like we're in a, 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 a you know, a husband, husband relationship, <laughs> but Kurt, as much as I talk about the guy, but Kurt Hawkins, Brian Myers, um, he, he did a lot for me, uh, with getting that, my head right when that call came. Um, and so he, I, I owe him a lot. He, uh, he really was there. He, he, he set my head straight and told me everything was going to be okay. And it is, and it's, it's fun. I'm having so much fun. Like awesome. I've ran my, my own local company, independent company for, uh, going on three years this December back home and I always wanted to perform on that. And now I can perform on our own shows here, but doing that also all over the world is amazing. And it's, it's just freedom is great. The hustle is a little tough at times because I've realized, um, you gotta be a nice guy all the time, which I am, but sometimes you have to think about, okay, you got to put food on your table as well because the money, if you don't hustle a little bit, the money might not come in. Mm -hmm. Um, and if if the money doesn't come in, it means um, I don't get more Muppet collectibles, or my son doesn't eat. <laughs> and you're darn right, I'm gonna keep getting Muppet collectibles. So sorry, <laughs> but 
We're not having McDonald's tonight. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, speaking of the Muppets, it's no uh, stranger to anybody out there that you are one of the biggest fans. You also even starred in a, a Muppet movie, Muppets Most Wanted. Um, you yeah. know, tell us a little bit about that. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Muppets. How did what? When did you become <laughs> such a Muppet fan? Because I mean, oh. I'm I'm a fan. I want to talk some Muppets yeah. here. It uh. It, I, I, was, I always watched Muppet Babies as a kid. The original Muppet show was a little before my time, obviously. Um, <laughs> but that and Muppets Tonight, uh, the the quick, ill-fated Ill uh, Disney show for a while, late night show that didn't last very long. Um, I watched those growing up, and then it kind of fell off the radar. But I was always a fan, and then started picking up again. And then, like, I would say about right after I got hired by WWE, the... the I don't know why, but it clicked back in and my fanaticness like started again in again and it just, it never ended. And it's just crazy. I've, I've, I love, I love everything about Muppets. I, it's, it's, <laughs> I always say starring in that movie and my son being born are pretty even and huge uh, events in my life. And the only reason that my son being born is higher than starring in a Muppets movie is because I feel it has to be. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> well, well, tell us. I know you have a lot of tattoos. Uh, how many Muppet tattoos yeah, do you no. have? Uh, no, I have. I think I have twenty-two. Twenty-two Muppet and, tattoos. That's awesome. Yeah, I haven't got. I haven't got some since probably for about two years, and I've I've just been getting other artwork on my arms and stuff done. But it's gonna it's gonna be a huge like it's gonna. I, I wanted like a few of them. And then I picked out so many characters, it's going to be nuts, and it's probably going to end up going up my, my leg awesome. all the way. <laughs> well, you know, in between Muppets, uh, you also became a wrestling fan at around the age of four. Uh, what, were, what, what about wrestling turned you into a lifelong fan, and uh, who were some of your favorites growing up? The Ultimate Warrior. He was my hero. I'd say so many times I didn't have a superhero. I didn't care about Batman or Superman or Spider-Man. I had the Ultimate Warrior. Um, that's all I cared about. He man, he was he was my superhero. Um, just everything about him was so awesome, and it, and it just reeled me in incredibly fast. Immediately, immediately, I was reeled in. Um, my brother, my late brother, he he uh, introduced me to it, and I was hooked. So it it was awesome. All right. Well, now, when did you decide to turn uh, you know that fandom into a career? What point did you say you know I have to do this? I have to be a part of uh, the wrestling I, world. I did, I did some backyard wrestling <laughs> in my younger years, and uh, then I got when I was uh, we were we were scouted by the local independent company that I now own actually. <laughs> um, so we were scouted by them, and uh, then we showed up to a show. Me and Nick Colucci, my best friend since third grade. Um, him and I, we we started training first, and it was off to the races. Uh, who did you train under? A certain a certain uh, mm -hmm. guy that you might have heard of, uh, Mr. Kennedy, Ken <laughs> Anderson. Kennedy. Yeah. Well. He, uh, he, I, I owe him, him and Finley. I always say him and Finley. I owe 90% of my career. The other 10%. 5% of that is luck. The other 5%, I guess I did a, de a decent job at some time. <laughs> Definitely. What was training like for you with uh, training with him? He, he beat the shit out of us. <laughs> <laughs> um, between him and like two other local trainers, they beat the hell out of us. But 
I liked it because he didn't treat me as a, as a midget. He treated me as a, as a regular guy mm-hmm. and I was getting chopped and getting bumped around just like everyone else. And it was awesome. Definitely. Now, uh, how, but how long after training, uh, uh, did you, you know, did it take you before you got that foot in the door at WWE? I never had a foot. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, again, that was all Ken. Um, he, uh, they were looking for a guy like me for Finley and he said, I got the guy. And they uh, they reached out to me. Tommy Dreamer made the call. Excuse me. Ooh. Tommy Dreamer made the call, and I thought I was a rib, so I hung up on him a couple of times. And <laughs> he said, hey, man, we want to offer you a deal. Please don't hang up on me. <laughs> That's great. Well, prior prior to getting uh, to do all those things that you've accomplished, what were some of your early goals in the WWE? Did you have something you had set in mind? Yeah, to last more than three or six months like I was told it was going to last. Wow. <laughs> three to six uh, months, wow. This might be a six-month thing, John Laurinaitis told me, and I was like, all right, I'm going to make the best out of it. And uh, I was on WrestleMania. That's, that's that it. Was awesome. that, that was huge. And then I was Cruiserweight Champion. That was huge. And it's like, I always had, man, for like the first four years, I always had a lot of, like, a lot of big things happen, and then it kind of plateaued until we all see those first four years were absolutely amazing. the whole the whole ride was amazing but the first four years and then that we all see match that's i won't do anything bigger than uh we all see <laughs> um that's that's that I, I tell everyone everyone well what's your favorite moment what's your favorite match that by far um and it's it's one of those that holds a special place in my heart whenever I see Torino, even on the Indies now, it it makes me smile. And I think we both kind of know that how special that was. He mm-hmm. he's done a lot of things in Mexico and done a lot of stuff all around the world, actually. Um, big matches, awesome matches, and awesome. You know, he's he's known all over the world for the stuff he did. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm known for WWE stuff. I get that, but that like, like from now on, I think the two of us will be known for that match. Definitely. Um, you know, obviously pro wrestling has a long and storied career with midgets. Uh, what were your thoughts of how they were used in professional wrestling before you got involved? And what do you think the future uh, for midget, midgets in wrestling uh, holds? Thank you for not, like, pausing around the word midget. You're the first interviewer that has ever not paused. Like, uh, uh, I, don't, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I want to say that. No, I'm a, I'm a midget. Let's see free and honest here. I call myself that. That term makes me money, I always say. Cause if, you put, if you put little person on a wrestling on a per- poster, people are going to look at you like, eh, that's, what, what is that? Is that just like kids? Yeah. <laughs> you put, put midget wrestling on a poster, mm-hmm. they know what that is. Um, you know, they had the, here and there, they would have like a few good uh, midget matches, but it was all ha-ha for the most part in the end. Um, and who knows? Who knows what the future will hold um, in WWE for midgets? Um, you know, I don't know. I'm a lot of people tell me, um, Tolfi and Hawkins. They, I always say, God, we hate saying this to you, but you're probably the most midget, the most known midget wrestler of all time. Wow, that's and that's the cool. longest. I know, I know for a fact I'm the longest lasting in WWE, but I, I don't say it out loud. Um, and they, they, they always tell me, man, you, 
you stayed under the radar quite, and they they knocked me down a peg by saying, "Man, you stole money quite a, quite for quite a long time." <laughs> Definitely, and that, that, that was leading to my next question yeah. too, because uh, it's I was just going to ask too if you never wrestled another day in your life, uh, what what are your thoughts on your legacy in professional wrestling? And I think right there, you know, being one of the most recognizable midgets in professional wrestling, you know, ever. That's that's I, amazing. There's. There's three, like probably like four or five moments that hold a lot, a lot, a good piece of my heart. Um, one is we all see. Uh, two is what came to be my final match in Green Bay against Heath um, Slater, mm-hmm. and when they uh, when they had my son come in the ring, um, actually with me after the match, Dolph Dolph Ziggler, um, who's a, a dear, I'd say a best friend of mine. Um, We've we've grown very close, him and I, last few years especially. Um, he uh, he talked the Purdue the agents and the security guards that night into pulling my son over the barricade after I after I went over the dark match on Heath in my hometown in front of my family and my friends, and he had my son pulled over the barricade and put in the ring with me. I had no idea of it, so it was that's you know it's you can have and so cliche you can be the greatest world-renowned wrestler in the world. Um, but the minute you get through that curtain and you leave the building, you're a normal person. Mm-hmm. And I'm a dad. I'm gonna, As we know, I'm not always going to be a WWE superstar. Now we know that, but I'm still going to be a dad. And that night I got to do both in front of my family and friends. And it was just... It was it was the best night I could have ever asked for, and I had no idea it would be my last match. And it's Keith Slater has always been a been a good friend too, and it's something that, that holds special to both of us. I know I know it's very special. He knows it's very special to me, and he's told me many times that it's very special to him too that he had my last ever WWE match. And like I said, it it, it was never known. It wasn't known that it was going to be, um, but. It is. It, it was, and if it never, if I'm never in that ring again, that no one can take that night from me as my last match. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, as a wrestler, as a performer, do you see an end game to your career down the line? I mean, do you have an idea of hey, you know, after after this, that's it. I'm gonna hang up the boots. Or I know, never say never in professional wrestling, but I don't know. I always, I'm always curious to know if you know somebody has you know that end game in mind. No, <laughs> I would love to, I would love to tell you that I do that. I, you know, I'm planning, you know, this career, that career, this, and I, I was the idiot kid that got into this business with no other backup plan because I didn't like college. Mm-hmm. I failed choir in college. That, that's how much I cared about college. <laughs> um, I, I took a booking instead of going to the concert on the Indies. And, and so I, uh, I they didn't pass me. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my dad wasn't too happy with that one, mind you. Um, <laughs> but no, it, uh, I don't, I mean, I, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to be one of these guys that, you know, can't take a bump in the ring and can't, um, you know, does one move, uh, you know, do it in a tadpole splash off the bottom rope because I'm too beat up to, to do it. And I'm not going to let myself do that. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not going to let myself just be a shell and it's, I, I don't think that's right. Me, uh, or, uh, running, uh, uh, you know, co-owning and running the company that I do back home here, here home at, in Oshkosh. I, 
hate the thought of bringing one of those guys in and letting fans down. So I'm never going to let myself do that. Mm-hmm. Um, when my body says, all right, time to slow up, time to slow up. And then after that, when my body says, hey, it's time to stop, it's time to become, uh, I hate to say this, it's time to become a, 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 a real dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I think I am a real dude here uh, 90% of the time, but then I get to still live my dream uh, every weekend. Definitely. Uh, now, you are a self-proclaimed fan of pro wrestling. Uh, do you think you, that ever hurt your standing in the WWE? I mean, I don't know. Sometimes I know people say, hey, you can't be a fan of it. Nah. You know? No, it's a block the boy. Not anymore, but man, like, like I said, when, when Hawkins and Ryder came in, and, and that, it was like, so I would watch wrestling, uh, independent wrestling in the locker room on my laptop, and people would watch, what, what the hell are you watching? Come on, Mark. Well, this is what I like. Yeah. Right? You like football, so you watch football. I don't give a damn about football. <laughs> I don't give a damn about baseball. I, none of that. I don't care about politics. I don't care. I care about professional wrestling, and that's what interests me. That's good. You guys to hear, yeah. can go out. You guys can go out and go to the bars and and do whatever. I'm going to sit at the hotel room after SmackDown on Tuesday night and watch. CZW tournament of death. That's what I'm going to watch. <laughs> and then great. next week I'll watch Chikara. And the week after I'll watch PWG. And it's, it's, that's what I watch. And that's, and then throw some botchamania in there because I love it. And it's just, it's stuff <laughs> I've always loved is professional wrestling. If you don't, I feel if you don't love it, you shouldn't be in the business. I truly feel that way. If you cannot let yourself be entertained by wrestling anymore, you shouldn't be in it because you don't care enough. Now, uh, do you have any thoughts in general too about pro wrestling fans? I know pro wrestling fans are some of the most passionate fans in of man, any man. any sports. I don't. I always said, man, it's it's crazy. We have them from from six to sixty eight, and it's 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 crazy how how many different. Um, how many different, you know, spectrums of of people are are, are wrestling fans? Mm-hmm. My son has loved it since he was a, a baby. You know, I say he, he knew his. I could play wrestling theme music, and he knew those before his ABCs. <laughs> he's he's a he's a fanatic already, and he's, now he's going to be he's six. And um, it's just it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy to me to think the impact that uh, that pro wrestlers have on culture and on people. Sure. Uh, now, uh, I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't ask. Now, we recently saw you know, WWE's Damien Sandow headed to the Impact mm-hmm. Zone on Impact Wrestling. Uh, is there any chance we would ever see you make a move to Impact or any other company? I haven't had any talks with any other major company. Um, still really hoping for PWG. Like, that's my push. I... That's that's number one on my bucket list is to work for PWG once, just once. Um, do that, and then uh, I would like to go to ICW in Scotland. That's that's those are my two things, like my two bucket list companies. And it's I, I can't wait. I, I, it, it's got to happen. I got to knock them off my bucket list. Since you're a former cruiserweight champion, have you had a chance to see the CWC? Do you have any thoughts about that? Every week. 
Do you think this is something that they need right now? This is, you know, it's definitely putting a revitalizing that uh, division. It's, you know, the only thing that's weird to me is putting those guys on raw. It's okay. So what does SmackDown have? You know, raw has the girls. They Mm -hmm. got the, uh, women, sorry. They have the women, um, they have the tag titles and now they're in the cruiserweights. Now what does SmackDown have? And, you know, you put Kalista on, I thought that, you know, you put Kalista on SmackDown. It's like, okay, the cruiserweights are going to be on raw. Um, I'll say this, Cedric Alexander, I was on my first my first post-WWE indie show weekend with Cedric Alexander, and we became best friends. Um, I couldn't be happier for that guy. He has shown the world exactly what a lot of people knew, that he is. He's a star. Cedric, I, I said it online on Twitter, Cedric Alexander is a star. Um, you saw it. You saw what he can do. Um, he's charismatic. Uh, Rich Swan is amazing. Um, got these guys that are just showing up in this cruiserweight class, and it's, it's awesome. I mean, I'm so happy for him. Um, I never knew of Jack Gallagher, and I feel really bad not knowing of him mm-hmm. because he's one of my favorite wrestlers now in the world. I love him mm-hmm. just from one match. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, I'm very, very entertained by the cruiserweight classic. Uh, it's very, very fun to watch. Lightning round. The greatest piece of Hornswoggle merchandise out there. Uh, there are these ivory, Jack Pacific made ivory figures. I'm, there might be 100, there might be 50. I have one from the Jack's offices. Only employees were given them. Those are pretty awesome. Awesome. Uh, the scariest moment of your career. Oh, man. Uh, probably WrestleMania 23 when Ken had me for the Kenton bomb. All right, Fit Finley. Dad. <laughs> Best friend in the wrestling business. Brian Myers and Kofi Kingston. Warrior or Hogan? What did Iron Sheik say? Uh, Ask the Hulk Hogan? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 I was a Hogan fan, obviously, here and there, like everyone was. But Warrior, like I said, Warrior is number one. All right, I, we kind of heard this before, but we'll say it again. Maybe the greatest match you competed in? We all see. Now, as a fan of the Muppets, who was your favorite Muppet of all time? Animal by far. Now, if there was a Royal Rumble of all the Muppets, who would win? Sweetums, easily. No one could take them over the top rope. <laughs> what does the future hold for you? Oh, man. That's, that's like the hardest question. Um, a book. I'm writing a book. Um, hopefully, doing some acting. I would love. I would love to do some more acting. Uh, I had so much fun with it. Love to do some more of that. Um, being a dad, most importantly, and God darn it, it's so cliche. Being a dad. Awesome. I'm going to be there for every first day of school for my son from this point forward, um, and that's what matters most. Once again, thank you so much. Uh, where can yeah. fans keep up with you on social media and, you know, pro wrestling tees, all that fun stuff? Pro wrestling tees.com slash swoggle. You get the brand new designs. I try to do about one a month. Um, and then uh, on Twitter, at, at means the A with the circle around it, as Tony Chimmel would say, at WWE Hornswoggle, um, where I talk a lot about Newfound Glory, the Muppets, uh, video games. Kofi Kingston and Brian Myers 
And that's about it. I, pr- I try to promote myself as much as possible on there, but I'm not good at it. <laughs> well, that's great. Well, we'll definitely tell people about it. Uh, you want to thank you so much for your time, though. And we look forward uh, to seeing you up here very shortly in the Northeast and uh, having you on again in the future. Thank you very much. I'll talk to you soon. This weekend, Steve, uh, we live in the Northeast, so we're very spoiled. But all the way from uh, Thursday, August 25th, down to uh, the 28th of August, uh, there are some amazing wrestling shows coming up. Um, you know, you heard from the Now, you heard from from Hornswoggle. These people, these stars, are going to be at these shows. Northeast Wrestling, um, August twenty fifth, the first one. It is the Rumble and Rockland. Uh, you can find out all the information about these shows that we're going to be talking about at northeastwrestling.com. But Steve, tell us a little bit about what people are going to get to see. Um, at the Rumble in Rockland. You know, uh, right off the bat, Jonathan, uh, Cody Rhodes. Uh, Cody Rhodes, uh, in wrestling in some of his first matches uh, after leaving the WWE, but more importantly, uh, you know, a few months back when uh, Cody Rhodes was let go by the WWE, or no, when he asked for his release from the WWE, uh, he wrote a little list, and then on that list he had some, uh, you know, things he wanted to accomplish on his uh, time outside of there. Uh, and two of those were the Miracle Mike Bennett, and Kurt Angle, which this weekend he's going to cross to uh, off of his list. Uh, He's fighting uh, the Miracle Mike Bennett, uh, and then he's fighting Kurt Angle uh, the next night at Wrestling Under the Stars 5 in Wappingers Falls. Uh, Right there, Jonathan, you know, this is what Northeast Wrestling brings to us. It brings what the fans want to see. You know, it's not just... To, to whomever, nobody guys, uh, going after going after something like this. Actually, you know, things things are being crossed off lists, Jonathan, in, in this weekend, uh, especially for Cody Rhodes. Uh, that right off the bat, I mean, you can't match it, right? No, and this is what's great about, you know, independent wrestling and Northeast wrestling alike is that you never know what you're going to see, and these people tire, tirelessly go out there and try to make these memorable shows for people. You know, um, you can go to a, a WWE show. Tickets are, you know, 30, 40 bucks. Um, you don't get to do a meet and greet beforehand. You don't get to be up close and personal. Um, these shows you do. There's meet and greets with every one of these shows. You can go and meet Cody Rhodes, Ryback, Velvet Sky, Mike Bennett, the Hardys. You know, you get to see Mick Foley, who's now starring in Holy Foley, a WWE Network original. So um, it's just really important to go out and, and, you know, support these these places. All these shows that we're talking about, the Rumble in Rockland, Wrestling Under the Stars in Massachusetts, Wrestling Under the Stars in Wappingers Falls, Thunder in Bethany, Connecticut, all of these shows are going to be different, and you're all, you know, they're all going to be quality shows. Like, you know, there's it's a who's who of people that have been on, you know, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat on one show, the Hardy Boys, uh, you know, Mandy Leone we talked about. Like, we've actually spoken with most of these people on the podcast and it's so important that you go out and continue to support these people and support independent wrestling. That's right. You know, it's a big weekend. You know, we're just, like I said, we're just coming off of NXT and SummerSlam. Uh, but now for the people who couldn't make it to like a big WWE show, this is 
I think your best opportunity to go to anything the next level uh, from a WWE show to where, oh, I don't want to spend all this money going all the way down the city or whatnot. It's right in our backyards. Uh, Northeast Wrestling's bringing top talent from the WWE, from TNA, from all over the world, Ring of Honor, local talents. Uh, that's what's great about it, Jonathan. You know, I could spend a couple hundred bucks and go to a, a WWE show and sit all the way at the top of uh, the stadium and barely see see anything. Here, you could pay 15 bucks, 20 bucks, uh, and get great seats. Uh, and it's fun for, for everybody in the family. But like you said, you know, Cody Rhodes is crossing uh, stuff off of his list. Ryback is making some of his first appearances uh, outside of the WWE at their shows. So what do you think about that? Uh, his first uh, matchups are going to be with Northeast Wrestling. Yeah, the big guy is coming to Northeast Wrestling. I think it's awesome. You know, these people, it's really going to it'll make or break some of these careers. After they come out of WWE, you know, it's not always – the best some of these people you know we've seen people that have gotten released and um it's sometimes it doesn't work for them and you know we're seeing this right now and i'm not saying it's going to make or break if you know if you don't go and meet ryback or whatever but um it's going to set the tone for his entire career outside of the wwe so that's why it's cool you know you can go up you can say hi to these people it's not you know, you don't have to be intimidated. It's just a, it's a neat thing to do. And I think it's so important and it's so cool. Like I said, living somewhere else in the, in this country, living in, in Indiana where there's not as many shows, we are very, very lucky to be in the Northeast because there's something every weekend. And so I just implore all of you go out, check out northeastwrestling.com, get on there. And it's not just these guys that we're talking about. You're supporting the Brian Anthony's, you're supporting the Nows. You're supporting the TKO Ryans. You are supporting these people um, to to continue to help these companies. And if you like great wrestling, then this is the best way to ensure that you're going to continue to get to see it. Definitely. You know, a lot of uh, shows coming up from the 25th, the 26th, and the 27th uh, through the 28th. You know, all throughout uh, the Northeast, from Pittsfield, Massachusetts, to Wappagers Falls, to Bethany, Connecticut. Uh, one of the names that's going to be appearing on this weekend, Jonathan, is Jushin Thunder Liger. Uh, what are your thoughts about this world-renowned star uh, heading to our town? Well, uh, you mentioned it. Last year in Brooklyn, he took on Tyler Breeze. Uh, this is something that... We don't get to see a lot of Jushin Thunder Liger is a little bit of an enigma, a little bit of a mystery. He doesn't make it over here a lot, but when he does, it means something. And you've seen some of these matches that he's going to have, and it's it's definitely something that you can say like to your kids or to your family or your friends, hey, I was there. I got to see Jushin Thunder Liger, and I got to see it live in Northeast Wrestling. Definitely. A lot of great names coming. Uh, is there anybody that's your favorite that's coming to these Northeast Wrestling shows that you can't wait to see again? Oh, absolutely. I, um, I'm a huge fan of Cody Rhodes. I'm a huge fan of Mike Bennett. Um, I just can't wait for those guys to come around. You know, Velvet Sky is always nice and entertaining. Booker T is going to be there. All these, you know, they're, they're, they're Hall of Famers and future Hall of Famers, really, that we get to see. 
Well, that's the show. We want to thank you all for listening today. Every week we do this show free of charge for you, the fans. And if you're wondering how to repay us, we have just the thing. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Hey, and while you're there, be sure to rate us and give us a good review. If you're looking for more information about AWP, then head on over to anotherwrestlingpodcast.com. We are all over social media, and you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and more. If you are an AWP super fan, you can also show your support by going going over to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Another Wrestling Podcast and buying one of our official AWP shirts. We couldn't do this show without you, so tune in next week for (sighs) Another Wrestling Podcast. 